Welcome everyone to the Analytic Mind podcast by Enterprise DNA. This is a podcast which dives into a range of different ideas and tips to empowering a data-led culture within organizations. We want you to develop the analytic mind to create immense value for yourself and your teams. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Analytic Mind podcast. I'm joined today by Gilbert Quibavillias. Hopefully I got that right. We were, te- we, were, yeah. we were testing it out before, but I think I think I kind of close. Um, now, most of you will know Gilbert. I, I, I um, recognize um, uh, Gilbert through his website, Formu, uh, and visited there many times over, over a long period of time, um, over the years. Uh, really, I remember you being being one of the early early adopters, along with myself and and uh, Enterprise DNA with Power BI. We were we were we were true believers pretty early on, um, and it looks like yeah we've yeah we, we've maintained that we've maintained yeah. that excitement for it. Um, yeah, and you, you've obviously um, got a, a, a wider range of of, of talent and up and down the data stack, and 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 have been in the mix with um, you know consulting and, and various other engagements um, over the years, but. And at the same time, trying to obviously do a bit of blogging, I presume. Yeah. Um, but um, that, I think, probably rounds off where I can do an introduction. So probably best to throw to you and um, yeah, you, you tell us a little bit more about about yourself and, and what you're up to. And, and then we can just kick on into, into some of our, our conversation. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I, uh, you could say I almost stumble into what do they call business intelligence Um in 2009 for an organization I was working at. And uh, once I started seeing what was by what the capabilities were, I just literally went, this is what I want to do. You know, that this is where, where I'll, and literally started consuming anything I can around business intelligence and, and that kind of stuff. Back then, there was, there was only multi-dimensional cubes. There was no such thing as this tablet model, et cetera. Yeah, and pretty much just from there, just just kept on learning, you know, trying new things. And as fortunately, all these new technologies came out, was right there as they started coming out in the beginning. You know, learning DAX, just not understanding what's going on in the beginning, which I think uh, most people start in their journey. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a similar experience. You know, we've all come from that. Just you know, the answer, the numbers wrong, why is it wrong kind of thing, and that's. Uh, yeah, not understanding potentially the, the DAX and that kind of thing. And then, um, yeah, working for, for a few organizations and then finally getting to the point where I felt like I had gained enough knowledge to to start uh, consulting back to to companies. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. And so <clears throat> you've definitely got a South African accent. Did you, yeah. um, did, you did you start doing this, uh, getting into it in South Africa or were you always, because now you're in, you're in Aussie, so did yeah. you move to Australia and get into it there? Oh uh, no! I started off in a in a quite a large uh, company in in Durban, South Africa. Started get getting into it, and luckily they were a big Microsoft shop. Yeah, and um, so so I had the capabilities. They had all the the you know you couldn't. They had all the licenses to install and play around with whatever the requirements were, hmm. and um, pretty much decided at some point that I was only ever going to be say in the Microsoft ecosystem. Hmm. And over time, you you build so much knowledge to try and learn another. Thing like AWS, etc. While it's good, it's just to start from the ground up. Is for me, I've just said I'll stick in the Microsoft lane if that makes sense, and yeah. and I'm I'm happy in that lane. Anything else, I'll touch it, but I'm not gonna gonna go down that that same rabbit hole. Yeah, 
Microsoft is big enough and the market is big enough in, in that Microsoft universe, you know, if if, if yeah. you if you're happy to to be a um a small a smallish operator, you know, there's this more than enough opportunity. Um I presume yeah. you've you know you've seen that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Then it just uh I always say luck with sufficient power beyond and data in general, it's the gifts that keeps on giving. There's always something new, there's always someone with different data, et cetera. You know, it just never, never stops really. Yeah. What, what, where, where do you, um, like, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree more. To me, there's just like this massive gap. There's this massive gap in terms of what you can do versus yeah. what is being done. Um, keen to get your thoughts on, on, on that and what you, what, what you're seeing around that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What I'm seeing quite often is, is you almost have people who have all this data that they've been storing and then they're like, right, we want to now leverage this data, but they don't actually know what the outcome is or what the goal is uh, quite often. So, you know, it's a, I find it's quite often when, you say, oh, okay, we're going to develop this report, and you ask the people at the end, you're typically business users who understand the business really well, uh, you know, what kind of report do you want to see, et cetera? And they're like, they'll either give you a blank set or also give me everything, which, mm. is, which is quite a challenge because at the business user, they sh- typically are probably working in the Excel files and doing a whole lot of stuff. So they should have some idea of what it is the outcome, you know, should be. And that's where there's still that, that gap between what's stored in the data and what they're using on a daily basis and, and trying to mm. like, marry those two worlds together. Mm. Um, you know, because I definitely find you can typically get there, but you, you need someone to, to give you that, that end result kind of thing. Yeah. So what, is, what, what do you think is the key thing, the key inflection point that you need in an organization to, to enable that unlock? Like I, I, I recently thought, well, my 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 inclination is it is it just data literacy? If you make everyone more data literate, is that going to is that going to make that unlock possible? But keen to get your thoughts. Yeah. So what what I've found working with um, organizations is, is it's quite sometimes it depends because every organization, especially when you go into these places, their their culture is quite different. Um, you know. And, and culture plays plays a big part, not only in terms of data literacy, but where you can potentially get like your best best bang for buck. So in some organisations, it's been almost like a top down approach. Where, uh, as as an example, one place I went into, there was someone who for five days a week had to get extracts out of a whole lot of different systems, consolidate in the Excel file, and then report on that. And that reporting only happened once a week. Then to going and using Power BI automating the entire process where now they can have it every day. And for them, that is now real time because once a month to once every day is, is, a, is a big difference. And then coming back, coming back to that is, is that went right up to, to one of the, the, the top people in the organization. Once they saw that, getting it every day, the, you know, they can almost interact with the reports. They don't have to ask people for a whole lot of things. They said, right, this is how we're going to do data going forward. This is what needs to be done. And you almost do that uh, top-down approach, mm-hmm. and 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 then that that depends. And then other organisations, it's almost like what uh, is also in the the Power BI like a COE kind of thing is a bottom-up approach. You know, we, where you've got an organisation where there's someone who's got access to the data, they know how to 
play with the data, get it to what they want. And then they walk into a meeting and someone says, oh, you know, um, can we see the top 10 cells of a customer? And then I go, oh, we're going to have to get back to you. And someone goes, oh, hang on, I can actually show you that. Because they've been almost like a, like a side a project, like a pet project. And yeah. then they come in and then everyone is just blown away because they're like, how did you do that? How did so quick? And, you know, and typically people always know their numbers. So as long as the, the data is right and they can trust the data, then, you know, that helps fill the gap. But, you know, th- those are, they're not that common, as you say, still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Still, there's this big pile of data in there and, and a few people doing things, but they're not always um, leveraging that data as an asset. Yeah. Is the, do you think the dream of self-service has been oversold. Do you think that 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 is a big reason why we are there's still so much opportunity out there? Is it is the self service just nowhere near as easy as it's been it's been marketed and it's been shouted about? Yeah. So so the self service thing always makes me laugh because I've I've heard this from when I started. You know, with uh, reporting services. Oh, because that's all you had back in the day. Oh, there's self service capabilities. And across my entire life, VR career, I've never seen it happen. I've, and, and for me, there's typically two reasons. One is while, like, say, for someone who's been using the tool quite often, it becomes easy, you know, certain things like, oh, create a measure or create a relationship, da da da, you, you almost just do it intuitively. So, mm-hmm. but for someone coming in, that is not easy. That whole, you know, the star schema learning or all those kind of things is. It's not easy to learn. It takes a lot of skill and a lot of time and effort. So that's the one side of self-service reporting that doesn't really happen. Mm. And then the other side is typically in organizations, they like, it's not my job to create reports. It's my job to consume reports and I'm too busy and I've got 15 other things on the go. Mm. You know, can you create this report for me? You know, and sometimes I'll, I'll be annoyed at, oh, please, can you create this report? Like, oh, yeah, it'll, it'll take me a handful of hours mm. and then and stuff versus for them they'll probably take them way longer because they've got to learn all the ins and outs and, and how, how to get it going so mm-hmm. yeah that self-service as you say is just it's still to me is, is non-existent but that's not a bad thing for, for people like us yeah it's, it's a really tough one isn't it because the vision is correct i feel it's it's kind of it's 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 like you know i, I i'm sure if you really looked at the productivity gains from most users being able to work away in Excel um, now within within businesses. That's far, that, that is a significant gain productivity-wise, yeah. financially, um, efficiency-wise. It's hard to put a number on it, but I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah. yeah. This is, so you could say that Excel is self-service, couldn't you, in a lot of, in a lot of respects. And I, I truly believe that Power BI and the Power Platform has the makings of that, but there's just it's just this there's this gap there's this, there's still this sort of capabilities gap it seems mm-hmm. out there to get everyone. Yeah. I think if I think if you can, that's a massive competitive advantage. I truly believe that because yeah. there's, there's there's downsides in um, getting a consultant in or getting getting. You know, you don't have any idea how they built it. You don't know how to fix yeah. it. You don't know. So yeah. there's 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 pros and cons. Um, yeah, in, in, interested to yeah hear what you think. think get your take on that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I find it's um, 
you know, and again, a lot of the time, it, for me, it comes down to the data culture, you know, is, 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 um, is basically saying, you know, we need to rely on data. We've got to trust our data. It's, you know, and then it comes down to, A, is the data accurate, making sure the custodians of the data so that they can trust their numbers and they don't make a whole lot of business decisions based off a wrong number. And then six months down the line, go, oh, why is this product failing? And then you track back and go, oh, it's the numbers wrong. And that, you know, then the two, and then from that, the organization doesn't want to use it. They're just going to go back to like their shadow RT or using their own Excel spreadsheets and, and, and doing all, all that kind of stuff. And the other side is also, I think, allowing users within the organization, because you always will find those pots people who they want to play with the data, they want, they want, to, they want to try things out, and they um, don't have the time or the skill. So part of it is, is getting them trained up to do that, and the other side is allowing them to have some time to apply almost their training and get it going, and then over time they'll get better, you know, and those two together sometimes is just where I think uh, organizations struggle to get there. Mm-hmm. How big do you think an organization has to get to to really have like a dedicated analytics team? Have you have you sort of worked up and up and down the size graph? Uh, of, of yeah, I, I have because you know it's 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 weird, be, not weird because every organization, even though like it lists to say for example, it's a, a place that say got SAP implemented. And at the business, uh, just say in hospitality, every single one is actually different. Even though they've got the same core uh, software running, you know, every every time it's actually differently implemented, uh, and that kind of thing. So, so I typically find it's. Um, and then other times you've got some of those works that you've got like, the amount of data they have is astronomical, but there's not a lot of business users using it. They've just got you know. And um, so you, you've got this this really big mix between it, you know, and sometimes you need a lot of people for, like, say, a smaller data set because they're covering a lot more, like, say, in hospitality, there's a lot more touch points versus mm. some organization. They might have a lot of data, but it's almost just a single data set that they've got to focus on. So mm. you could have less people running and, and doing all the data in that. Yeah, right. So it's my favorite answer is it depends. As with, uh, you know, always, it's, it's one of those things you got to go in and, and try to get a feel of what's actually going on. Yeah. How, how long do you find you, you, you need to stay with a customer uh, or like a, a client to really make the impact that, that you want to make? Um, do you think you can do it quickly or do you, do you usually think that it's going to take you at least six months to, to truly implement something that's meaningful that has a really strong ROI? Uh, again, it, it depends because sometimes, you know, that sometimes the people just don't have the understanding of the different technologies that can make things easier for them for automating, you know, a, a lot of these things are not. The tools, especially the Microsoft stack, all the automation things are getting better and better and easier and easier. Well, when I say easier, it's easier for, for people like you and I because we pretty much use it on a daily basis, you know, and they've, they're trying with this no-code, low-code um, kind of thing. But often it's still... It still can actually get quite tricky because a lot of business processes aren't straightforward. They've got their own way of doing things. So then you've got to try and integrate that into um, the, the process that you're doing. So sometimes it can be relatively quick, like say a week to two weeks where something was like the example with the CSVs was manual. 
It might have taken me three weeks to build the solution, but after that, that person now has got an extra week a month where they're relieved of doing something quite tedious and, and you know, versus now it's all automated. So the bank for about there's three weeks. Now I've got a whole person for a full week that can now actually do something with their time, you know. Mm-hmm. And then other times, you know, on, on the more enterprise side of stuff, that just takes a lot more time and effort because you can get away with things when they're small. And, and some organizations think they have like a lot of data, like a million rows, two million rows, and that that's actually small. You can get away with anything. You yeah. know, you follow best practice and optimization. And then you go to an organization that's got billions of rows and you try to do the same thing and things will start falling over or it'll be slow. So you, yeah. you've got to be able to, to adapt to that. And that takes time because that's where you, you've got to understand the data and how can you optimize it and, and work with the people more in the organization that way. Yeah, nice, nice. I'm really interested to get your thoughts on something that's become more relevant and why it's probably, I would say, I'm, I'm almost of the view that this is the, the number one thing that determines if you're successful or not with a deployment of Microsoft tools. And it comes down to your data architecture. I'm interested to hear if you think similarly, like when you go to a customer, can most of their problems be sorted if they just architect their models better, if they just architect their data pipelines better? You know, is, is, that, yeah. the, is that the biggest win that, that you can get the quickest? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I don't know how many times I've gone into organizations and, um, you know, they say, oh, we develop something, you know, and you sit there and they say, can you show me? And you bring it up. And I typically, you know, say it's like uh, Power BI as an example. I just say, oh, can, can you just show me one of the measures you're struggling with? Yeah. And if you open up that measure and it's got so much code in it that I can't follow what it's doing, mm-hmm. I already know the, where the problem lies. It's in the data model. It's in the style scheme, you know. Yeah. And Spiky, it always comes back to it's, it's that repeat pattern of you have to build that, that, that style schema. Because, you know, once you've got that style schema, everything sort of falls in place. It's fast. It's easy. The measures are relatively easy. And, again, it doesn't matter what the underlying data is because what I've definitely learned over the years is starting off with more traditional database type of systems. You know, the all tabs, columns, beautifully structured. And then you went to this whole... Um, What's it? No SQL where they were just throwing files and, you know, with those JSON files. And what I learned over that period was is when people were doing things, they always had to bring it back into a table. Always. Doesn't matter what was stored in a lake or whatever it was, it always comes back to a table. And as soon as it comes back to a table, it means you can create a, your stock schema again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and again, so it doesn't matter where the data is stored or how it's stored. You know, as long as you can get access to it and you've got to, go through that whole process and create that style scheme. And a lot of the times it's just trying to get people to, who are working with the tool to be, to understand that style scheme and how to create it, how to develop it. And then from there, you know, hopefully they just, oh, that was so much easier, you know, because now, and, and it comes down to the learning of the style scheme and then how the tool works and what sometimes, you know, depending on how, advanced or how deep the user wants to go is explaining why these things work the way they work. Sometimes people just aren't interested. Other times they're like, why is it so fast kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I just couldn't agree more. I mean, I just see it time and time again that the number one thing is 
the architecting of your models and your data pipelines, and then how you structure those within our particular workspace. That 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 is, for I, I know we're we're really drilling down as a Power BI here, but that is for Power yeah. BI the number one thing that changes everything, changes absolutely everything. And I, I, I think I've mentioned this in, a, in an episode prior. The hardest thing about getting that message across is it's not Google, like you can't Google that. No. You can't, there is no way to Google that just like how you can Google DAX formulas, you know, yeah. like cumulative total. And and yeah. it's that that intrinsic, like I don't know if you'd call it intrinsic, but it's that underlying thing um, that second level thinking, right? Yeah. Like it's not just surface level, it's second level yeah. thinking. It's just so hard to know. And, yeah. you know, there's more we can shout about it. I think that the, the, the bigger the impact that um, we can have, you know, around what gets done. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where you've almost got it in your brain, like your second level thinking is you almost got to imagine what it's going to look like at the end with building nothing. You know, you've got to have like, oh, I think it's going to look like this and that. The data pipelines need to do X to get it to Y, and then from Y I can build this task scheme, and then the measure's going to, you know, you, you've sort of got to lay that out and, and think about it very often without having actually really physically done anything. As you go through the steps, you refine it, but as you say, and that you can't, you can't Google, that's just like uh, just time of just learning and going through and going through and refining that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's almost like we need to come up with a name for it, kind of like how there's data literacy. Maybe there yeah. needs to be some sort of thing like model data model literacy or, so, or just something yeah. like that, you know. Mm. Um, someone needs to create a uh, – I mean, it's just it's just not the sexiest thing, is it? It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not um, you know, it's not optimizing decks, you know, where yeah. it just, yeah. just sounds so fancy. It's just like making sure you build like a really solid it's like laying the cement well for a, for a house yeah. right it's just yeah. it's just it's just the, the the key thing but um you know uh, it can't be uh, you, you 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 just can't overlook it you know like it's just yeah. so important so important but it, everyone does overlook it like because they're out yeah. they're out there googling dax formulas um from day one yeah. you know yeah yep. that, that's, that's the unfortunate thing that we've got to try and change yeah, that, that's a hundred percent. That's exactly it. Yeah, and it, it is it is tough because a lot of people just, yeah. Oh, but it, it's giving me what I want. So they need to yeah. do that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. It's like how do you how do you make it how do you make it more exciting? You know, data model literacy. It sounds a bit sounds a bit blah. Sounds a bit boring. Like how can yeah? Just need just need like some really cool name for it, um, yeah. and then start selling start selling that as a as a um as a learning path, you know, like because it's just, the 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 impact is so outweighted to the overall success of, yeah. of any data project. Like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of it just needs a bit of marketing. Just needs a bit of marketing around. You know, this is this is the this is the skill that can really take things up to another level. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, hundred percent right. Yeah, but you know, that's why I think we all got different jobs. Because some people just be like, you know, the answers, you know. No, yeah. and other people are like, please give it to me. I want to learn, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are, What are some other interesting insights that you've had from um, being in the game um, for for a number of years now? Uh, I guess the the, the one the, the other things are is a lot around um, yeah, just just the, the the tooling getting better and 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 easier and, and automation of things because I'm finding uh, these. These days, you know, you've got to have, there's typically a, a flow of things that need to happen, which is almost like where, where car automate fits in. And, you know, but it's not time-based. It's got to be based on events and, 
and that kind of thing and, and integrating a lot of the times now as an example I, I'll have a probably a data set that's refreshing and once that refreshes I then get that subscription email and then in Power Automate I'm waiting for that email to come to kick off the next piece of something else because sometimes data set A needs to be refreshed before data set B or you don't want to overload source systems etc so I've definitely found um, using Power Automate for, for a lot of those things um, helps a lot, as well as for some of the data sets that I use, that they're pretty big. And again, just having ways for people, like for some organizations, you know, they've got partitions ranging years and they're like, oh, a data, data comes in that's old. I just want to refresh this particular day. And just giving them the capability where they hit a URL. They put in the dates and everything is managed in the background. That, that's that's all they got to do is just put it in, and then you know, it, it, literally everything else is happening in the Power Automate. But for for the end user, it's actually possible, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 just making it as easy as possible for the end users so that they will actually consume those reports because it still happens today. Is um, a lot of the times you create these reports and no one uses them, you know. That they scream, oh, we need this, we need this, you create it, and then you go look for it's just all the logs and, and no one's actually using it. So you like you spend all this time and effort and you know there's no return on 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 that uh, you know, to a particular thing. And I think, yeah, just in general, um, you know, it just keeps on evolving and and you know, some some things that were hard. I mean, I have to remember as an example working in probably our desktop when there was no uh, conditional column. You had to write it by hand, you know, and then so they keep on improving the, the, the products and making them easier um, and to do more with, like, you know, you can just automate a lot more things where in the past it was all just a manual process or, or something along those lines. Yeah, I want to I, 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 I get into sort of the wider power platform as well because it sounds like you've had some, some good experience there because it has been quite exciting what's, what's, mm. been, what's been going on there. Um, and I would almost say that the dr- the dream of low code is real. Like it, it is. Like you know, you can do some amazing things as you, as yeah. you've already highlighted. But I want to just just go back into one point you made, and I want to try and drill down into it. Why do you think the reports aren't being looked at in some cases? Like, so you're creating something yeah. that I think holds value. What do you think it is that is stopping people from being engaged? Users being engaged yeah. in it. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it because they're just not interested? They were never interested in the first place, or is it not front? Of, it's not. It's not front of mind enough. You know, it's not positioned on the yeah. desktop well enough. Like, what? What do you think the holdup is, and how, how? How would you turn that around? Yeah. So I think one side is is as 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 people as humans we quite stuck in our ways. You know, we just like habitual. You know, this is what I've done for the past year. I've gone extracted this data as you said before, done it in Excel got what I needed and, and, and sent it off, you know, and, and that's how I've been working. So I think that's one side. Sometimes people don't like change, um, you know, so they're, they're comfortable and, and they almost sometimes feel, I mean, I've definitely been into organizations where I'm coming to automate all this and then people like, look at me going, what he's doing is going to take my job, you know, kind of thing. And I go, no, no, this is actually going to make more work than you can ever imagine. But if you like this stuff, it's going to be fun and easy. You know, it's actually going to be, much better for you in, in, in the long term kind of thing. And and then it's also another side is typically the users don't know how to use the reports. Now, I've, I've had some users where 
they say, oh, I need to see this data, et cetera. And they don't understand that you can just cross filter. They never clicked on the visual because no one's ever told them, you know, so that, that mm. training usability. So they, they see it and they go, oh, that's great. But they go, oh, I want to see it by the customer. Mm. I don't know where to go. I, I don't know how to use it, you know. Mm. And mm. then for me, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a big thing, which I, I try to get organizations to do, but it's always quite a subtle. It's almost had like that, that data champion, that power platform champion who just wants to run around tell it, helping everyone. You know, what are you struggling with? You know, and then using those reports, because I think once people get used to it and go, oh, I don't have to manually extract this data and everything. It's all automated. I can get the information that I want. Mm. This is way better. It's easier. It's quicker. Something goes wrong, I can ask someone else, and but now I can do more. That's actually actually easier, and that's where that power platform champion is the person who's just you know they know and and they've got a relationship, and this is where that person has to sit in the business areas. You can't have the person sitting even remotely. I found in the past, you've got to have them all like co-located. So over time, they know when they get stuck, they can just literally get up, take two steps. Oh, can you come help me? I'm struggling with this. And then that person knows enough about the data and everything to actually enable them. And now they're using those reports on a daily basis because you definitely see some people uptick where they definitely will just start using more and more. And then they come in and saying, oh, I really like this report, et cetera. And then because you know that they're using it, they're going to, you know, you're going to get value. And then hopefully through all of that, you get more and more people just literally. Um, coming through and, and you know and, and creating almost like people like once a week coming in or, or once a month saying hey show us what you've done you know mm. and for that person it, it could be something simple to someone but for them that is just amazing you know and just yeah. getting that on and that excitement pretty much yeah you know what is so funny when you're describing that is i'm thinking man that sounds exactly like what any SaaS application like it has to deal with. It's about yeah. like adoption. It's about like yeah. engagement. And and yeah. it's almost like we've always said, I've always said this, you, you know, you're, you're building and you're building reporting applications. Like that's what you're doing with Power BI, right? You're building yeah. like an app. It's just like an app on your phone. It's just like some SaaS app that you, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just like your CRM. You're building a reporting yeah. app. Yeah. And all of the things you have to consider um, around like product-led growth and, you know, within, yeah. a, within an application, you've got to think, you've, you've probably actually, for the real success, you've got to actually yeah. think broadly uh, about those things as well. You've got to think, yeah. okay, how can you get this in front of the users when they need it? How can yeah. you, how can you drive, um, how can you create a good onboarding experience, you know, so yeah. that when they first yeah. go there, they know exactly what they're looking for, what they can do, yeah. you know, yeah. should you embed a video maybe that pops up yeah. when someone in a tooltip, um, when someone logs into your screen or like, should you, mm. should you get this in? Should you get a, a screenshot um, or into someone's email every morning at 9am? Like yeah, you've yeah. got to actually think of these distribution methodologies. I think yeah. that Microsoft helps. They are helping with the embedding of Power BI into Office 365 into Microsoft yeah. Teams. They are trying to help. But I think yeah, that yeah. there's an additional layer there that, that um, as developers, as consultants, you probably have to think about that as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, it's just one of those things you just got to keep on, you know. And you can't stop. You've got to just keep it, keep it rolling to keep them going. I think. Yeah, I th- I think you can win by and in a few different ways. If I just like think about it, you know, one is visually appealing. Um, yeah. you know, that, that's one clear one. Um, 
you know, obviously very, very relevant um, and yeah. trust, trustworthy. Mm. Uh, and also, I think volume. Like, if you have a significant volume of reports that people would use, you're going to get people going back to Power BI more, right? It's going to become more more in their daily routine. And so, I think that that leveraging sort of volume of of reports covering what they need to know on a daily basis has a, a enables a much higher chance of success. Yeah, yeah. One one of the other things I've got from one of the CTOs of a company, which is which is so on point, it just never occurred to me. Is he was like. Um, his question was, is what reports do I have access to and how do I know? Because like you say, you, you've got 50 reports and typically let's just say a CTO has got access to all of them. But, you know, it's great and all well, you click on home, but he doesn't know the reports. He doesn't know what they are. There's no description, you know, there's no, and, and, and he was like, I want to log in. I want to see all the reports I've got access to and I want to, a one-line description, you know, like this is a sales report or this mm. is the HR report, um, mm. you know. And and because it's it's typically an ever-evolving thing, you know, there's more reports being created by the business. And and like you say, sometimes for those users, they might be looking for something in their first tour call, you would hope would be as to go to the Power BI service and say, is there an existing report? Mm. Yeah. And based obviously all access based because you don't want people going, oh, there's an HR report. They might not have access, but out of sight, out of mind, um, kind of thing. Yeah. And, and then I went through and actually had to put some stuff together, but it's all there. You've just got to plug the pieces in so that they now, you can log in and go, oh, okay, these are all the reports that I've got access to. And if you sorts it by when I was last granted, oh, these are new ones. Oh, what is this? Let me try and see. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, just searching for, for those kind of things. So I think sometimes... There's a lot of reports, there's a lot of data, but people don't necessarily know that, that A, they exist, and B, they've got, got access to it. That's a really good idea. You know you know what no one's really nailed quite yet, in my in my opinion, is this concept of a data catalog. Like, there is, yeah. a, there is a thing such as a data catalog, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't think, like my thought around it is that I don't think Power BI users want to have to log into a different system. Like, I, that, that, that's yeah. kind of my belief. Yeah. Yeah. If you were, to me, it wouldn't actually be that difficult, really, to build a Power BI report that you called your data catalog that was just linked to some spreadsheets that were capturing all the metadata of all the reports. I I don't think that would be quite that difficult. And then to answer that stakeholder's question, you could probably create a workspace that everyone has access to and then basically has the entire data catalog within that workspace within one report and then yeah. they could then maybe have links to the other reports uh, you know so yeah. to me that sounds really doable with just yeah not yeah i don't i don't i don't think that would be the hardest power bi report to create no so yeah so what i've done like for them is, is i've literally i've got every single report whether it's a shared report or networks space and you know you can enumerate to see who's got access to what. So you know which users have got access. And that's all plugged in. And then I've got a spreadsheet that just links to all those data sets. So you can just put like a one-line description. And then based when the user logs in, like, like you said, it's in which app workspace everyone's got access to. And based on their login, we'll only show in the reports and the apps and the links. But it's also just got that key data catalog, which is a one-line description. Because sometimes people give a report to a name that doesn't actually relate to what the data is showing. So you almost need a little bit of text to say, oh, 
this is what it's actually showing or, or, or some details around it. Yeah, I like it. You know, one of, the, uh, one of the things that I, I really suggest, and this goes back to sort of the architecting um, question that I, was, I brought up earlier, yeah. is, and, and it actually, I think, flows through nicely to this, this sort of catalog idea. Um, I believe that most Power BI users build reports that are too big. They, they're covering too much. Yeah. They're covering yeah. too yeah. much more than one report and model. But yeah. if, and I, I keep saying, you know, honestly, I think break it, break, break these out. Have like, yeah. five, try a name for five tables and that's it. Like make everything simple. Yeah. You can, but you can have multiple models within a workspace and just, they can be more specific in their naming. You know, you can make them about a very more, far more specific subset of your data. You can yeah. always aggregate them up in an app at the end. Like if you want, yeah. you can aggregate them and that's, and that's mm. absolutely fine. And that, to me, that flows really nicely into this catalog option, right? Like if people yeah. are um, unsure, you can have, well, you, if, if your reports are broken out really well, well, then the naming, yeah. you know, naming and the descriptions can be quite specific instead of being very yeah. broad. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's, um, I've been helping, been helping someone who's getting into Power BI and that kind of stuff. And I almost like, exactly that. They've got like five different systems that want to start integrated all. And I'll just like, no, no. You keep your, say, your, your timesheet application separate, like you say, your um, financial CRM stuff separate, separate. And I said, you need to understand each one really well. And then, like you said, build your report where it's just specific to that and do all the baby steps. And once you've done all of that, you'll, and if you're working across all of that, you'll eventually understand what is related and what's not related. So that if someone higher up the exec typically says, oh, I want to be able to see touch points of all five of those, you know, which ones are common like date as an example and a few little things. But again, that's going to be very small because they're also disparate and so different, you know? Yeah. You could build up a specific data model that just related to, to that. You don't have to have yeah. every data point on everything in the one model. Yeah. Like that's yeah. one of the, one of the biggest, um, uh, common mistakes I think get, that yeah. gets made is that um, you start building out a finance report and then you include just like absolutely every data set about finance, you know, in the one yeah. model. And then all of a sudden you've got 30 tables. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. I just, I just, I just don't believe that's optimal anymore. I, I, well, I don't think I ever was, but I, I just truly don't think that that is the route that anyone should go down. It should be, you should have six different reports in one workspace yeah. that cover the very specific niche topic or niche segment of your data. Well, yeah, I always say the advice I always give to, to people who are asking, you know, the, the whole star schema faxes dimensions. I'm like, max, absolute max is like 10 dimension tables. Like that is that is the limits. I'm like, any more than that, people just don't know where to go, as you say. You know, it's just too much. So actually, like you say, have left, but I'm like, 10 probably enough, but that's like pushing it. Because otherwise, there's just too much. And a lot of the time, some of those tables can actually be consolidated mm -hmm. one sometimes too you know so they they go oh yeah. yes this this area relates to all of that kind of thing yeah yeah i mean i'm a i'm a big um I, I, honestly like if i look at most of the models that i've developed over time they're like five six seven tables like that in total yeah. in in, yeah. in the model and when I do like some sort of advice um, um, work and I look at a model and yeah. there's 50 tables in there, I, I just immediately say, say, look, 
I throw my hands up and I say, look, I'm, I'm just not going to be able to help with this. Like we need to yeah. blow this up and yeah. we need to, we need to start again. We need to break this out because there's yeah. just no way that you need all these tables. There's just absolutely yeah. no way. And it would take me, it would take me days just to understand yeah. the logic behind here. But if we were able to break it into 10 different or, or six or seven different yeah. reports, boom, you can, you can almost like go in there and, and know how it works within, within five minutes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. And then when you have those 50 million tables, there's typically always uh, bi-directional relationships across filters, you know, directions into both. And you just like, well, how does this, you know, and then you're like, are you actually sure the number is right? Because probably it's not, you know. Yeah. And again, versus you saying you just come back and it's always a hard conversation to have when you build something and your number does not match their number. But you've checked your number against the source to know your number's right. You gotta go in and go, just to let you know that number that you've been presenting is the wrong number. It's always a, a difficult conversation to have, but you've got to have it because it should always come back to the right value. You know, it should yeah. always be accurate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally, totally agree. So what you were mentioning the power pack from before. Have you have you have you yourself um, really ventured out into the the ecosystem? Around Power BI now, you know, Power Apps, Power Automate, there so, that are happening that I don't yeah. think much airtime, but you know, they're that. equally as exciting. Yeah, so I've done, I've played around with Power Apps in the past of it. It's, it's not too bad, but at one stage, the licensing was also just good. Like, it was expensive. So, you know, and and while it's good, a lot of the, some of the things you can just do in an Excel spreadsheet, which is way easier. You know, these days, Excel Online, you know, a lot of organizations say, oh, we've got this, we want this uh, hierarchy, this hierarchy defined, um, but we want to input it, how can we do it? And then it's just like, oh, put it in an Excel sheet online, it's all version controlled, probably I can connect to it. And, you know, that, that just enriches that data, but the user's got all the access to that. So if it's wrong, then they look, they're like, oh, no, it's wrong. They need to update it next time it refreshes, it, it fixes itself. So that's where power apps are sort of, you know, I, I did play around with a fair bit at one stage, but I, I now use Power Automate quite a bit. Loads of costs these these days, where again it's just the automation. And sometimes it's as it's a simple like the example earlier where I'm like, I need data set A can only data set B can only refresh off A. So you just want A, B, C, D, and all that I do is a, as I said, I just put a, a subscription on the data set. A refresh so when it's refreshed that one time a day it sends an email which the power automate is two steps when this email comes in refresh the status set you know and it's just click 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 save and it's done and it's just going to run you know so so those kind of things are are like so easy to do and so easy to maintain you know and and, and then build on that as well as a I've had to do some more tricky things, which has taken a long time in Power Automate. But it all comes down to you, you invest the time initially in Power Automate to, to get it to automate that process. And once it's done, it doesn't it doesn't really change, you know. And then you just know if you need to do that again, you pretty much drop the template, which you can export, which is awesome. You can actually export it, save it, and next time you just import it, change a few parameters. And you're done because you know, like I've learned to just parameterize everything in there so that you don't have to have it like in the the block code. You just have oh, you know, it's like say it's ten entire D. You just plug it in, and you know the rest is going to work. 
So yeah. I've definitely used a, a lot of that. And then the nice thing is like with Power Automate, when you've got a customer who's using more Azure side of things, Logic Apps is Power Automate. That's mm-hmm. the same thing. It's just a different name, but it runs a little bit differently, but it's effectively the same thing. So you can now leverage those skills into, into something like Azure where they using, say, synapse of pipelines and you want to do some automation there that you could probably do with data factory, but I'm like, it's easier to do in Power Automate. Some am to do in Power Automate. It's easier and I'm, it's familiar to. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so definitely been playing in, in those two worlds. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it's amazing when you start stacking these things one on top of the other, the the um, productivity gains you can have. I just think, yeah. I just think to our own internal reporting, I mean, a lot of the, I, w- I would say we have minimal Power Automate, but we've got extensive yeah. Power Query, like extensive Power Query, just bringing in data from every data point around yeah. our yeah. business. And yes, it took it took a while to set up, it did. Um, yeah. And but but it, like it's just so refreshing. Yeah, you know, every every um, you know three to four hours, we we just have everything up there. It's just like always free. Yeah. And, and I'll just, yeah. you know, yeah. you, like we're not even pushing, we're not even having to push buttons anymore. It's literally yeah. just. Yeah. It's quite, quite, quite amazing. Really, it's quite amazing. I, I mean, I when I when I in my last corporate job, um, I was work, working at New Zealand's um, biggest company called Fonterra. I mean, yeah. people were spending weeks building reports. Like it was, it was insane. Yeah. That was only eight years yeah. ago. Now you can literally, and I'm, I mean, that's, some of them probably are, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the reality <laughs> is, like, you can just do all of this stuff in an automated way. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of mind blowing. And then you know, we haven't even probably. I would say, I would say, we haven't unleashed the power automate opportunities and, and, yeah. and, and the power apps opportunities as much as I would have liked, but you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're certainly there too. You know, there's just so, so much more. One of, one of the, one of the internal projects that I really want to work on is we want to, we want to get far greater everyday sort of um, analytics on our, on our new platform that we, so yeah. just basically knowing what everyone is doing on our platform at all yeah, time, because yeah. it's kind yeah. of you have high level metrics, but, but not, yeah. not like, not like, okay, are they clicking here? Are they clicking here? Yes. Are they, yeah. you know, yeah. that, they're getting down to that sort of data. And so yeah. it's all possible though. It's all possible. Yeah. Yeah. We've got the data. Yeah. We just need to get it out of our systems and automate it. Um, but it's exciting. It's exciting. Like, you know, yeah. that, that's this sort of, um, and I, I bet you sort of see this as well. And it, and it goes, it, it really highlights those those who think that their job's in jeopardy when you're doing this automation yeah. are, are, are kidding themselves because you you can yeah. just do so much more. You can do so yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and yeah. you quickly discover that. You quickly discover yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Because because one of the the other things I've got to say, Microsoft's done a great job with with the the whole power platform and that kind of stuff. Is it it typically just runs. Like I remember looking at a report, one organization that I've been working with for quite a few years. And that report's probably been running for four years. I've never touched it since I've created it. And it's still running. Mm. Never failed, never broken. It just keeps on churning. And you go, back in the day, it wasn't things you should fall over and that, you know, and, and they've got their, their skills to a point where it just literally just runs day in and day out. You know, like which is great because then at least you can know. Okay, I've spent all the time and effort, but I can move on to the next thing and not have to worry about going back and trying to fix something or other. You know, it's great. Like you say, we just every three or four hours, it's just magic. It's like magic. It just happens. It just keeps on doing what it's doing. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it is amazing to think like what 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 is actually going on behind the scenes to make that work. Because I presume, I mean, I wasn't always like heavily into data. Um, before yeah. I started in Fresno, but 
you know, you're probably dealing with like server breakdowns and um, you're probably yeah. you know, de- dealing with um, oh. uh, overload on some of the tools and, and, and you know, and, and some of the technologies and things like that. So it is, yeah. it is actually quite amazing, really. You don't really, yeah. you, we sort of just take it for granted now, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I remember it's a, it's one of those interview questions where you say, you know, what happened where something fell and blah, blah, blah. And I once had it weird, maybe think of servers and that kind of stuff. Back in the day, everything's on prem, it's really cool. And one of the disks failed. And then we're like, oh, it's okay. And then they couldn't recover the disk. And they're like, oh, no, we'll just get it from the backup. And the time in the backup, I had done all wrong, so there was no backup. You know? And then, then you've got to go and spend hours and days working late trying to recover and X, Y, Z. But in the like, cloud system, that just doesn't, as you said, it just doesn't happen. Doesn't matter if it just fails or server falls up. Yeah, it's just you know it just works. It just keeps on churning away in the background. You know, you, it's all just abstracted from us, which is awesome. Just makes you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, it just so matter. much easier. That's I guess why Microsoft's um, worth trillions trillion dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, that is very hard to replicate. I'm sure from anyone really is it like how, how, yeah. how do you compete with something that just like never fails? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had odd glimpses into yeah, the crap. Yeah, yeah. I've had small glimpses into their their ecosystem and what it is, and it's just yeah. it's just crazy. I don't even know how they they just still manage, you know, manage it. Like even with like with Power BI, everything's in memory. So how much memory have they got across thousands of you know virtual machines and managing it and and just the redundancy? And, you know, it's just the ship volume and scale is just just insane. Yeah, the the way that they've figured out how to scale that at a yeah. at a reasonable cost is yeah mind blowing, isn't it? Like yeah. absolutely mind blowing how how they sort of evolved the technology to get there. I mean, man, they yeah. must have spent so much money, but yeah. you know, they're they're yeah. they're dominating because of it, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and some features that come up that are really good in the back of my mind, I go, oh, that actually helps. It's a win win, you know. It, mm-hmm. it helps us, but it helps them also so they don't have to potentially provision as much hardware. You know, they can they can be more efficient, I suppose, is, is the right word. So it's a win-win by all counts, you know. But, mm-hmm. you know, someone's go, oh, that's awesome. But, it, you know, it's a, it's a dual. There, 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 there's, 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 some, there's some bigger reasons why maybe we're seeing some of the features that we're seeing. Yeah. Is, that what, yeah. is that what you're saying? Yeah, or well, like, like something, as an example, like incremental refreshing that wasn't there. So, you know, like if you've got a one gig model, that, that typically is actually three or four gigs of memory that it allocates. So right. now back in the day, it's going to have to find, let's just say, three gigs of memory to refresh that model. Now you, we put an incremental refreshing on this, so that helps the refresh happen quicker. You know, you get your data quicker. But now you're only refreshing, say, one day, which is going to use 100 megs with the memory. So now you go from three gigs to 100 megs, and now you can actually, with the same amount of memory, as long as people are using incremental refreshing, hey, you're getting the data quicker, which is awesome. And the way they, they did it compared to how you had to do it back in the day with even tablet models and that was just an absolute nightmare. Versus now it's just, oh, click, click, save, done. It, it's so simple. The way that they, they've made it look so simple when it's actually not, it's actually... Um, quite complex and now you've got the, that was like the win-win you know it's easy to configure it's quick to refresh and then they're also getting it so they don't, for instance have to allocate so much memory and cpu during those refresh cycles so yeah. they can 
um, be more efficient at, at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, kind of things as an example. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously, um, they have the ability to make smart, small adjustments in it, and it probably produces quite significant marginal return uh, for, yeah. for them, doesn't it? Yeah. It's just sort of um, analytical calculations going on behind the scenes that you just couldn't even um, come yeah. imagine. They're yeah. weighing up so many different variables. Um, did you ever lose faith in Microsoft? Did you ever lose faith before Power, the Power BI and, and this new no. one? So I never, I've never lost faith, but the definite gap was when uh, with reporting services, there was that, um, well, the, the name eludes me where you put habits, um, that mobile reporting, what's that? Oh, data's in, that's the name. There was definitely that gap when everyone was starting, you know, mobile phones were coming out, things were, you know, you could access them on your phone and Microsoft didn't have a story. They didn't have that mobile story yet. And, you know, Tableau was starting out in Excel and, and SharePoint Online Enterprise. So you had to have an enterprise license, which ruled out a lot of people. Luckily, I was fortunate enough to play around with that. It was called PowerView. Yeah. Um, but that, um, that was one point where I was like, they're missing out here. You know, they, they need to build something and, and how they're going to, and that's when, I think it was, it was for probably about two or three years. I never stopped because I, you know, I was just, just, have been busy working that kind of stuff. And I was like, people are asking for this. It was almost like often when you pray a report, everyone loves a map, but it's very, it's not really practical a lot of the time. It does have its use cases, but it, it looks great on a presentation, but you know, and the same thing was with mobile was that people were now wanting these mobile reports, but the reality was that they weren't like the, the devices and the connectivity wasn't where, you know, where it is at say today. Mm -hmm. So, that was a time when I was like, oh, they're lacking, they're lacking. And then when PowerView came out and that kind of stuff, when, oh, okay, now we've got more of a, a not only is it more interactive, but it's web-based. Yes, it's on SharePoint Online. Not SharePoint Online, it was actually SharePoint On-Prem. But it meant now, you, you know, that, and then that's when they started filling that gap. And mm -hmm. around about the same time was when that data model modeling started in Excel, that PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and then from there it just took off. If I have to look back like a rocket ship, you know, yeah. when you're in it all day every day, you're just like, oh, you know, it's an uh, an add into to Excel. There was no Power Query at mm. that time. It was just the data model side, the in memory thing, you know. And then Excel would crash because can't handle the memory. And you know, they they were learning straight crash. Oh, that. The, it was the poorest um, uh, execution of a of a great. It was, it was just horrific. It was horrific. It was horrific. Yeah. But they did a power pivot in Excel. That was, I, that was a, that was a, that was a bad call. But they correct, they corrected it, and probably took a few yeah. years. But... Yeah, and and that's where I think they also they learned in terms of while they started in Excel because everyone uses Excel and it made logical sense. They went for me. They I went. They've got to pull this out because they it's it's going to run on its own cadence, and you can't have the, the reliance because. A lot of enterprise customers have very specific ways of deploying. And if you bundle it in, you know, some people are a full year or two years behind the latest version of Excel because this is how the corporate or enterprise runs, you know, versus if you put it on its own, you can then manage them, um, manage them separately, which I thought was the right way to go is have this as a separate application, which obviously then that could be built from the ground up. Yeah, and it's innovators they needed to not reliance on this 
backward compatibility, which I think this must be a real challenge to even now, probably in Palm Bay desktop, there's probably certain things that are like, oh, we wish we could change this, but it's got to be backwards compatible. So, yeah, right. Yeah. I feel, I don't, um, I'm keen to get your view on this, but I feel like they're, nail, they're nailing it in so many different areas at the moment. Yeah, just absolutely nailing it. I, 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 I think, I, I still think a lot of it is probably too hard still. They yeah. need to make it easier. But in terms of features and functionality, across the board, I think they're nailing it one, one, uh, in all areas. Like one of the things that I don't know if everyone realizes is Power BI is amazing on your phone. It is amazing. Like I actually probably look at Power BI reports more on my iPhone than I do yeah. anywhere else. Um, and yeah. and I'm not looking at a mobile, but I'm just looking at a full report. I've built yeah. my reports yeah. in a way that I can see my full report. I can get all the same. And it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It is like exactly how I built it. Um, yes. And it's updating automatically. It's just like it's it's it's, it's mind blowing, really. When well, I mean, I don't yeah. think about that deeply all the time, but like when you really think about it, it's quite quite mind blowing. Um, yeah. So you know, that's just one. That's just one area where you know it's yeah. just some they're absolutely nailing it where where they probably weren't before, and and no one else really probably is either. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No. That that difference, you know, just gives that that cross compatibility. You know, you can literally be working at your desk and then from the side of you, you know, you're out watching your kids do something and, and you just yeah. see something and you just go, duh, duh, duh. oh, yeah. And, you know, you, you, you can carry it. It's almost like the seamless flow between, between yeah. Environments. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just like keeping up with daily sales or keeping up with daily costs, um, mm. you know, um, deals, um, CRM inquiries, like, you know, just, it's, 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 it, it just is so much more, the, the, the Data insight is so much more omnipresent, and yeah. it, it, if you can if you can get to a place where you've got solid reports and you've got a solid architecture, mm-hmm. you know it can, it can change your ways of working quite significantly. I mean, I, I yeah. mean, we're, we're obviously true believers and have been for 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 a long time. And those who listen to the yeah. podcast have heard me say that many times. But it, it just it is it is quite uh, transformative. It, it, yeah. it really is if you can get it right, if you can really um, get it right and get it. Um, you know, get the right resourcing to make it happen. Yeah. 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 Make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Make makes a huge difference, that's for sure. Because people can then, as you said, just make data driven decisions, you know. They trust the data, they go, Oh, yeah, everything's fine or oh, something's dipped, you know? Mm-hmm. Like top ten customers and buying what's going on. Get on the phone, you know? Yeah. I think you can do that just quickly just looking at one chart and oh, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, there you go. What's what's the year on year difference between our top ten customers? You know, yeah, or quarter quarter on quarter. You know, yeah, and yeah. It, it, all of that stuff I saw, I saw from day one. I was like using yeah. it and, and using it for like a, a couple of days, and I was like, wow, this yeah. is this is that was that was before we had all these like bells and whistles around Power BI. Yeah, uh, yes. You know, it was it was it was quite quite, quite amazing. Um, so it's it's yeah, it still it still is obviously. Any yeah. any final thoughts? I know I know it's sort of hit the hour here, but um, yes. Any any you know anything else that you wanted to maybe maybe touch on that we that, that we haven't? Um, any other insights or what are, what is exciting you about Power BI or, or the data data landscape? What yeah, just anything? Yeah, no, no. I just think you know it, it just keeps on for me. I enjoy that every month there's something new, there's something change, you know, and and it's, it's just keeping up. Uh, I enjoy that that part of keeping up and, and having to learn and, and, and see new things or something is made easier. And, you know, you can look at the uh, 
the, the roadmap just so you know what they've planned and what's coming, you know. And, and very often there's things in there, I'm sure everyone will look at that and go, oh, that's going to be really cool. Call me for that feature or something mm. to come out. Yeah. And, and, you know, just, just in general, you know, the community is everyone's just, just trying to help everyone else. You know, no one's trying to one-up anyone, whatever. You know, when you get stuck, like you say, you Google typically, you know, you go to one of those videos like yourself. I've been on your side a good few times from Google searches where, you know, did and someone said, oh, I'm struggling with this and, you know, and sometimes I just want to find you know, other times I'm going to read through and actually have a look. And, you know, and and that is always good to see that people helping people because you not only help, but you still often learn through helping them. You know, it's like, again, it's like this, this win-win kind of situation because mm. those are real problems or challenges that people are having. Mm. You know, it's not like this perfect demo data set where everything matches and, you know, and and it's straightforward. Every business has got some challenge that some users trying to solve. Mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm just yeah. I'll, every month, you know, wait for the updates. Look forward to seeing what's coming out and what's changing, what's evolving. And, mm. Yeah, it's a uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, as you said, as you said, I, um, Brian Brian Julius from the team. Um, he's he's been he's been telling me because he's um, more into the. Um, uh, connected into the sort of product managers, etc. The, the, there's a big visualization update coming, I believe. Uh, I haven't quite yeah. seen it yet, but um, yeah, it's quite. That's going to be quite big. Um, I presume you've 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 had some insight into that as well. Oh, I've I've seen um, um, Miguel Myers on. I just haven't got around. So yeah, where where he's always he's like visualization expert within within the team and, and, and talking about. And I think it also comes back to you know because you've got all this this RBR versus Tableau. Yeah, kind of, kind of thing going on. And Tableau's always been very strong in the visuals, and Power BI is very good on the, the data side. The visuals are are good, but they're not, you know, they're not potentially on par. So, mm. yeah, it'll be good to see. And and I just know from the past when they've said, "Oh, we're going to add new features like read on the release date." I've also been like, for instance, uh, as a quick example, was the audiences in the in the, in the apps. I was like, how are they going to do this? It's not a simple thing to to do. How are you going to make it easy? And then now it's just, oh, the kind of audience that, that you know, that, that made it look like slick and, and easy at the same time, which is probably one of the most difficult things to do to get it right, you yeah. know? So I'm sure that. I, I kind of laugh at that because that wasn't always Microsoft's forte. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think they were quite, know, quite well known for making things like as complicated as they as they could. But obviously, yeah, yeah. a change of culture. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, go back to reporting services. Everything is a function <laughs> yeah. button, and you got to learn the code and everything. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no. So yeah, there's plenty. You know, as you could, there's always something coming. So that's what excites me is just just these changes and these additions, and you know, just improving and making things better and easier. Yeah. So Awesome. Well, give it that. Thanks. Uh, thanks for our chat. I've really enjoyed it, and I think we've we've dived into some 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 very valuable thoughts and uh, ideas today. So yeah, really appreciate your insights, and it's been good to catch up and and good to put a face to the um, to the branding, the to, to yeah. the um, <laughs> to the unique branding that uh, that, that that you've got um, with 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 Formu. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. It's been good. Cool, okay. Well, I'll just round things off. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, don't forget to subscribe. We're on all the, all the major channels. Okay, thanks all. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. 
It's great to be connected and I hope you are enjoying the content we're creating through the Analytic Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this session, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of each episode as we release them. If you want to learn more about Enterprise DNA and the many initiatives we're working on, check out www.enterprisedna.co. There we have a range of resources to download, events to attend, and information to explore. We're leading the charge around this new paradigm we're living in, where tools like Power BI can literally change how an organization manages, analyzes, and distributes insights that can make an impact. It's an exciting moment in the analytics space. So glad that you're on this journey with us. Take care.